Hello and welcome aboard this island nation, the Maritime Programme. Tom McSweeney here with the programme about Ireland's maritime culture, history, tradition and development. On this edition, the reality of the fishing industry in this time of crisis. In Ireland, everybody else wants to come to our fishing grounds to catch fish here. Every other country will fight tooth and nail to be able to allow their boats to come in and catch this food source here because they know the importance of it. And this is the opportunity now for our country to see how important this is for us. And we'll hear what a lady on Inishbofin Island did for navigation when she got tired of waiting for help from Galway County Council. Marie Coyne, who founded and runs the Heritage Museum and Gift Shop, got sick of looking at the navigation next to her house that, because of years of neglect, has become very shabby. Despite asking Galway County Council to act for over five years, no help was forthcoming. So Marie took matters into her own hands and painted it herself with paint she bought herself. With me on this edition of This Island Nation, Ireland's Maritime Radio Programme, coming to you from Community Radio Yol, CRY 104FM on the East Cork coastline, and the banks of the famous River Blackwater, is Justin Marr. And we're bringing together the maritime community around Ireland. An island people, a community bonded by the sea around us. You can contact the programme, where your views and comments are most welcome, by email to thisislandnation at gmail.com. That's thisislandnation at gmail.com. Phone or text 0872 555 197. That's 0872 555 197. Referring there, Tom, to being an island people, we don't cover politics on this programme, but they inevitably become involved sometimes. So you probably took notice of the joint programme for coalition government announced by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, where their introduction stated at its outset, we are an island nation bound together by solidarity. I did indeed, Justin, and I don't expect much recognition for constantly making the point, particularly not from government sources. But I did take some satisfaction from that. Now I hope something practical will be done to deliver on the recognition that Ireland is an island nation. I've been uttering those words about being an island nation for 25 years, a quarter of a century, every week on radio. There is a proverb which says, everything in time comes to him who knows how to wait. Well, the fishing industry seems to be still waiting for recognition of its importance as a food source and for help from the government, according to the industry itself. Though it has been promised storage aid, not much more is being made available at the moment, and the industry is not happy that the Minister for the Marine didn't take part in the last meeting with them, even though the EU and other nations have been giving direct help to their industries. The Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation, based at Castletown Bear, the biggest whitefish port in the country, has put together a plan for development of the Irish market about which you've been talking to Patrick Murphy, their chief executive. He says this is important to the country's economy, to which it's worth a billion euros a year, and as a source of food. To understand this, Tom, is this, you, you, you and I both know, and maybe the public don't know this, but you're working on a, on a very unstable platform in the water outside, and you know, it's a dangerous area where you work. So people are already risking their lives going to sea in gales and storms and weather and everything else. 
and the acknowledgement there for that should be realised that this really has to be looked after, you know. So moving forward, bringing all the players together, understanding that these boats are risking their lives, these fishermen are risking their lives to go out and bring in this food for people and they just need help to be able to continue that and be paid properly for doing it. This isn't just about the big boats and the small boats. This is about every boat. This is about inshore. This is about um, potting. This is about aquaculture as well, too. And you've also suggested that BIM should do a study of the, the Irish market effectively, haven't you? Well, yes, with the domestic market, Tom, like this is really critical. This is at a time now that we can educate the people of the country what fish is coming from where, who's supplying the fish. And look, this is an opportunity for them to go back to buying fresh fish from our own fishermen uh, on a regular basis, that it should be part of the body of food that people are buying every week. Look, it's nutritious, it's great. We eat plenty of it when we go out on holidays outside. There's no reason why we shouldn't be eating the same food here and supporting our own local people and, and fisheries. We've seen a decimation in our fleet in the last 10 years. It's been cut in half, more or less. And, and we can't sustain it. Our coastal communities are suffering. You know, but this is about keeping teachers and schools, people working in our coastal communities. Um, it's, it's an integral part of our communities, like, and, and we can support it and look after it ourselves. So, yes, developing the domestic market, showing people how easy it is to eat certain types of food, that uh, a kilo of haddock or hake could feed up to 10 people. You'll get 10 portions out of it, and everybody will have enough out of that. So, if, if it's even 12 euros a kilo, um, it's only 120 a meal. It's, it's very cheap food. People think it's expensive, but it's not. And what you're also saying, Pat, is that this kind of research could help co-ops to liaise with producer organisations, to liaise with retailers, a really more combined effort perhaps, each sector helping each other than there is at present. Yeah, look, we're living in unprecedented times and, and the market has changed because the market before was driven for profit. I think we should be putting on the green jersey now. This is about supplying food, sustaining each and every one of us along the chain to keep make sure we're all viable, we're all making enough out of it. But at the main stage is, is to provide this food to people, to show them how good this is, reintroduce them to this and see what we can do. No wastage, do it properly. Do you think that the public is actually understanding the importance now of the fishing industry in a, you know, in the way you're saying it, it supplies food, it's, it's a very important source of supply. Will this help to get across that understanding to the public? I'm hoping so, Tom, because look, we take things for granted. I, I, my own children, look, they, they go to the supermarket and they open up the shelf and the door and they just put their hand in and they take the food but there's no awareness there of, of where this food has come from the effort that's gone into it the risks that have gone into that and where it's actually coming from the origin we're looking at orange and green with board B and everything else so people might be a little bit more aware of where the food is and look fishing in Ireland everybody else wants to come to our fishing grounds to catch fish here you know Every other country will fight tooth and nail to be able to allow their boats to come in and catch this food source here because they know the importance of it. And this is the opportunity now for our country to see how important this is for us and for themselves and for the entire community and economy. The money that's available here that if we look after us, it's a massive resource and it's renewable. We just go out and sustainably catch the fish. And we have a very small share, but it's a very, very important share for, for our country, you know. Patrick Murphy, CEO of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation at Castletown Bear in West Cork. And going back to an interview we broadcast a few weeks ago with the chairman of the Good Fish Company, 
one of Ireland's biggest fish processors, Dennis Good, he made the point in the interview that there were 2,000 lorries a year leaving Ireland carrying fish caught by non-Irish boats in Irish waters and without any benefit to the Irish economy. And much of what he said has been borne out in figures released by the State Fisheries Agency, Bordiskiwara. Let's go now to the offshore islands and hear from Rhoda Twombly, Secretary of Cogol Ilona Heron, the Islands Federation, from her home on Inishlar in Bay, County Mayo. It's all quiet on the Western Front as our offshore islands remain visitor-free and islanders severely restrict their own visits to the mainland. While there was an initial hesitation to banning non-residents from the ferries and reducing the number of ferry runs drastically, it has paid off. Our islands are virus-free and our vulnerable residents protected. All islands stress that visitors will be welcomed back once the all-clear is given. And while it's unnerving not knowing how long coronavirus will impact our lives and livelihoods, islanders are putting their time to good use. Farmers can go about their work employing safe distancing, vegetables and decorative planting going great guns in this fine weather. I've been told that a sea of paint has gone up on houses and green areas have never looked so good, not to mention the patches of waste ground that are being tackled. One exceptional example of island improvement is on Inishbuff in County Galway. Local woman Marie Coyne, who founded and runs the Heritage Museum and Gift Shop, got sick of looking at the navigation tower next to her house that, because of years of neglect, has become very shabby. Despite asking Galway County Council to act for over five years, no help was forthcoming. So Marie took matters into her own hands and painted it herself with paint she bought herself. One thing led to another. Marie has spotted more jobs that need doing to tidy up her beloved Buffon. A GoFundMe page, Inish Buffon Island Work Fund, has been set up and as of this writing has raised just over €6,000, all to go to supplies for repairs. The second item on Marie's wish list has very quickly been achieved. The crane on the old pier, which hasn't been used for many years and was a rusted eyesore, was removed a day or two after it was pointed out on Facebook. Marie is hoping that Island Mehel will help her achieve her goal of an even more beautiful Inishbofun. One of the many downsides created by COVID-19 is the collapse of the fish markets. Most island fishing boats are tied up as they simply can't sell their catch. While time ashore is spent on boat and equipment maintenance, the island fishers would much prefer to be out and fishing. IMRO, the Irish Islands Marine Resource Organization, has several proposals to help island fishers. Urgent measures include direct income support, a repayment holiday on loans for fishing gear until the crisis ends, and a fund to help maintain boats in a seaworthy condition. There are additional measures for the medium and long-term sustainability of the small fishers being called for. Seamus Bonner and Imro are developing a system of direct fish sales where islanders could order the exact fish wanted online to be filled by a licensed vessel. The orders could then be collected at the pier. Details have yet to be worked out, but this could be one way the island fishers could sell their catches. The silence, the absence of boats on our own bay is rather unnerving, but we are certainly blessed with the weather. Island communities will continue to pull together at a safe distance, of course, and we will come out the other side, and maybe with a different way of looking at life. 
Until then, it's Slán from the islands. Rhoda Twombly, reporting life on the offshore islands. And isn't that a lovely story about Marie Coyne on Inish Buffin? Lifts the heart, doesn't it? Surely does, Justin. The offshore islanders, like the fishing industry, are great to overcome what life and too often state neglect has thrown at them. Now, Justin, you've been looking at what's happening elsewhere on home and overseas waters. As oil prices have tumbled, traders around the world have been rushing to find storage to deal with the biggest oil glut in history. Shipping sources report that there are now 160 million barrels of oil being held on very large crude oil tankers known as VLCCs. One of these can store 2 million barrels, and 60 of them, normally used to carry oil around the world, are now anchored in various places for storage. In addition, smaller tankers are also being used. DP Energy Ireland, a company based in Cork which develops, builds and manages wind, tidal and solar energy projects, has proposed a wind farm on a site reported to be 50 kilometres in width from Dungarvan on the Waterford coast to Cork Harbour. It has sought a foreshore licence for investigative work. Objections have been lodged with the Marine Planning Policy and Development Section of the Department of Planning. One of the stalwarts of the fishing industry, Donal O'Driscoll of Castletown Bear in West Cork, has died. He was outspoken, determined and dedicated throughout his lifetime on behalf of fishermen and a towering figure in representing the interests of the industry. Donald was a founder member of the Castletown Bear Fishermen's Cooperative and was also one of the directors of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation from its foundation in 1995. Originally from Shirkin Island, he had been unwell for some time. Even after centuries of exploration, there's always something unusual in the sea. Researchers off Western Australia have discovered 30 new species of marine life, including one described as being the longest animal ever recorded. They explored the Ningaloo Canyons in the Indian Ocean, down to depths of 4,500 metres, that's 14,765 feet, using a submersible, and found a huge array of sea creatures. They included a 150-foot-long, that's 45 metres, translucent stringy creature called a siphonophore, apparently made up of a number of smaller creatures. In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, Chinese, Australian and American warships are shadowing each other off Malaysia. Attempts by the Malaysian government to explore potential oil and gas sources in the South China Sea are being opposed by China, which claims the area. The U.S. has accused China of using the pandemic to exploit more energy sources in the sea and said it will oppose what it called bullying Chinese tactics. And finally, again showing that there's always something unusual in the sea, Australia's National Science Research Agency has concluded a study which it says shows that seaweed, particularly red species, can significantly reduce emissions in cattle, which are being blamed for causing large amounts of agricultural greenhouse gas in the form of methane. So, is there any red seaweed around the Irish coast? The lifeboat service is still active, as Neve Stevenson, Irish Public Affairs Manager for the RNLI, tells us now. Like many more, working from home for this edition. 
Just as you expect from a charity nearing its 200th birthday, the Ornolai remains on call and operational. Our lifeboat crew come from all walks of life and we want them and their loved ones to keep safe at this time. Therefore, there are no exercises or training going on at the moment and the lifeboat stations remain closed to the public. While lifeboat launches are thankfully down due to less people on the water, some of our lifeboat crews have been out on callouts. Kinsale Ornelai launched to assist a small commercial fishing boat in difficulty north of Hake Head. The 23-foot fishing vessel suffered engine failure in choppy seas and was in danger of being swept onto the rocks. The skipper was the only person on board. Lifeboat helm Jonathan O'Connor, Kinsale Ornelai's youngest helm at 21 years of age, saw when on scene that the large amount of floating rope from the vessel's fishing gear presented a danger. And so the vessel was towed to safety. Volunteer lifeboat crew at Aran Islands Ornelai responded to two medical evacuation requests by the Irish Coast Guard in 24 hours. An elderly man on Inishmore requiring further medical attention was taken aboard the lifeboat and a young child on Inish Orr required medical attention. Across the country, Arklo Oranalai were launched following a suspected flare sighting. While the community was shining a light that evening in support of frontline workers, volunteer lifeboat crew were making their way to the lifeboat station. Following a lengthy search with Coast Guard SAR teams, nothing was located and the search was stood down. And Valencia Ornelai launched their all-weather lifeboat to assist a fisherman who required medical attention at 7.25 in the morning on board a 22-metre fishing vessel west of Dingle Harbour. Taking into consideration the condition of the fisherman, the current tide and draft of the fishing vessel, coxswain Richard Quigley decided the best and safest option was to escort the fishing vessel to Dingle Harbour. The fisherman was then taken to hospital by ambulance. The Ornelai has joined with the Irish Coast Guard in asking the public not to take part in any water-based activity on or in the sea. But the Ornelai has launched to the rescue of parents and teachers who are in need of content and support for homeschooling their children. Every Wednesday, a live interactive video for primary school children is being hosted from the Ornelai's central Facebook page with each session lasting for around 15 minutes. It's on at 10.15 every Wednesday from the Ornelai's Facebook page. Finally, those of you who support the Ornelai will realise that our annual May Day campaign will not be going ahead as planned. Like every charity, we are missing out on fundraising locally. So this year, in light of the current situation with COVID-19, May Day will look a little different. Keep an eye on ornli.org forward slash May Day for information on how to support the charity during what is our annual fundraising campaign. There will be cuppas for the crew and some activity-based fundraising from the comfort of your own home. I hope everyone is keeping safe and I'm so grateful to be able to keep bringing you RNLI news, if even from a different location. Take care. Neve Stevenson reporting from the RNLI. There's not a lot happening in the angling world due to the current health emergency restrictions. So Miles Kelly of Fisheries Island, who lives on the Great Island, as the area around Cove in Cork Harbour is called, is feeling like he'd like to be free with a fishing rod in his hand. Hello to all the anglers listening in. Miles Kelly from Inland Fisheries Ireland here again to give a quick roundup of the news from the world of fishing. Fishing is at a virtual standstill here in Ireland, despite the overwhelming urge anglers have to take to the waters in the wild. The 2k restriction is part of the reason. 
and sense of social responsibility as most of the rest. It is worth stating, though, that there are a considerable number of our rivers and lakes closed to fishing at this time. Inland Fisheries Ireland was the first to move in this regard, closing its managed fisheries by those on the Moy, Carob, Erif and other systems. The ESB soon followed, closing angling on the rivers where they have the fishing rights, the Shannon, including the Midland Fisheries Permit Area, the Urn, the Liffey and the Lee. National Parks and Wildlife have closed the fishing on the waters within their national parks, most notably the Killarney Lakes. And of course, the vast majority of private fisheries have also been closed. Rivers like the Drows have closed completely. Many individual fisheries on rivers like the Munster Blackwater have also closed. While angling is at a standstill, nature is not. The seasons are moving on and the sights and sounds of spring are already giving glimpses of our summer to come. Already we have had the first wave of African birds returning to our shores. Swallows, martens and swifts have all been spotted across the country. These determined travellers time their arrival in Ireland to coincide with the abundant hatches of flies. Food for fish too, particularly our trout. It is no small wonder that so many anglers associate these migrants with the trout season. The first cuckoos have also been heard, sitting in a lake boat, casting to rising trout, while listening to a cuckoo call is one of the most special experiences in angling. It is sad to think that I may have to wait a full year to enjoy it again. Besides the chirruping and cuckoo calls of these birds, there is a definite hum in the air. Our hedgerows are bursting into life, with leaves budding and flowers blooming. The blackthorn, apple and cherry are all out, brightening our every view, even when the sun is hidden in the clouds. The heady scent of coconut from the golden hordes of winds accompanies me on my daily walk around the island, and the bees are feeding greedily. The hum and buzz of these busy workers is as much a mark of the season's progression as the birds and blooming flowers. Of course there is more than bees feeding on flowers and flies and beetles that visit each petal-strewn ditch all complete the web of life. In the next few days the hawthorn, will come into flower. They bloom across the country in waves, and the timing always seems to mark the best hatches of mayfly in the nearby lochs. Loch Derg will be seeing its first hatches of these ephemeral flies by the end of April. Sea anglers have their own cues. The storm-ravaged shores become repopulated by seaweeds, and many coastal birds change their winter plumage to a brighter summer feather. The sea temperature rises above 10 degrees centigrade and suddenly shore angling sees the summer species return. Already mullet can be seen moving in decent shoals. It's easy to imagine the wrasse that must be patrolling the cliff bases and rocky shores. The pollock mixed in amongst them and the bass roving with the tides. Oh, to be free to roam with a rod. That's all from me this week. Safe fishing to all soon and don't forget CPR saves fish. Miles Kelly from Fisheries Ireland, anxious to have the fishing rod in his hand again, and so many would agree with him. And so we end this edition of the Maritime Programme, This Island Nation, produced at CRY 104FM Yole on the East Cork coastline. The programme is broadcast on community radio stations around Ireland, in Dublin on Near FM, Dublin City FM, Liffey Sound and Dublin South, on Dundalk FM, Athlone Community Radio, in Galway on Connemara Community Radio and Kinvara FM, Radio Corkopashkeen in Clare, Kilkenny City Radio, West Limerick 102 FM, in Mayo on Community Radio Castle Bar and Eris FM Belmullet, Cork City Radio, West Cork FM and Community Radio Bear Island on Apple Podcasts and podcasts on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Spotify and themaritimes.ie. Wherever you've been listening, thank you for being part of the Maritime Community 
on this island nation and on community radio. The program email address is thisislandnation at gmail.com. That's thisislandnation at gmail.com. Until our next program, from Justin Marr and from me, Tom McSweeney, the usual wish of fair sailing. <laughs>